Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, where we help you build yourself, build your business, and join the new 1% of individuals that are living a meaningful, free, and fulfilled life through self-development and online entrepreneurship. My name is Dan Cope, and today I have my good friend and business partner, Joey, aka The Cypreneur, with me on this segment of the Modern Mastery Podcast that we call lifestyle mastery where we dive deep into a specific topic about how you can master your mind body spirit or business along with discussing what we've learned this week and our personal struggles so you do not have to repeat our mistakes but before we get into it let's talk about modern mastery hq mmhq is a tight-knit community of creators coaches freelancers and any other ambitious individuals that want to grow themselves and their businesses. You get to steal the proven systems, strategies, and processes from myself, a marketing consultant, and Joey, a performance consultant, to build a predictable and sustainable income source as an online entrepreneur through both tangible and intangible skill acquisition. This success is a result of becoming a high-value individual. This is what we help you achieve. The information inside is responsible for making members tens of thousands of dollars and drastically improving their quality of life. From monthly trainings, weekly action articles, 30-day habit challenges, monthly live calls, real-time help, and much more, it is the all-in-one solution for growing yourself and your business. As an entrepreneur, your business growth relies heavily on your personal growth. In Modern Mastery HQ, We nearly force both of those. If you absorb the information and do what we say, it's near impossible to fail. Our processes are time-tested, and we hold absolutely nothing back in terms of the information we provide. So if you want to join 450-plus members in accelerating their journey to a sovereign and free life, go to join.modernmastery.co and join for less than the price of a night out. With that said, I have a few favors to ask that cost $0. So if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe or follow, depending on which platform you're listening on. It's just one button click away. Uh, it, It takes one second to do this. It costs nothing, and it truly helps support the growth of this podcast and get more organic listeners. The next thing, you can leave us a rating and review letting us know what you thought or just leaving a comment if this is on youtube or you can tag us at modern mastery on twitter or at modern mastery hq on instagram with a link to this episode and some kind words and if you do all three send us a dm and we have something special to give you without further ado let's dive right into this episode of the modern mastery podcast What's up, Joey? We're live. How's it going? It's going well, man. It was a good weekend. (laughs) It was a good weekend. And I don't know why. I just like I like pressing the record button and then just going off. I don't do that with anyone else. It's more like, hey, welcome. How are you? Yeah. With Joey, it's like, what the fuck is up, Joey? Let's how are you? (laughs) Yep. But this is what we do here. uh, Yeah. So first update. Mastery program is filling up very quick. Um, at the time of this releasing, we we already filled up early bird spots, and uh, we need to we're we're putting out like a twenty four hour notice to get people in there. So if you're interested at all, um, and you just haven't heard about it yet, and 
that we we don't have as much listeners to this podcast as clearly clearly we don't have as much listeners to this podcast as we do on um like twitter or instagram so i'm more than happy to give the early bird price to people that listen to this podcast so just dm us and say that you listen to this podcast and we really appreciate you guys for listening so either way like it we're we're here this is the first time us doing the mastery program so we're here for results more than money but we still need money because it's our time so uh, if you dm us letting us know that you listen to the podcast and you're serious about joining the mastery program uh, we'll give you that early bird pricing at any time but we do start on october 1st and would preferably want to have you in on september 24th which is two days after this podcast launches or one day uh, because we're going to start getting pe- everyone set up inside. So the earlier you get in, the better. But either way, Joey, I want to I want to kind of go back to what we used to do on these podcasts and talk about things that we have learned recently, because I think we're both getting back into the flow of uh, pursuing our own curiosities, as we talked about on the last podcast. And we just always fucking talk about because it's really important. And I don't think curiosity pursuits should ever stop i think there's something that should continue going and they only add to your life and the things that you're doing and they make things better so i'll start off i finally started listening i'm not a big audiobook guy but i started listening to the kabbalion and justin c scott recommended that to me and it's really good man it's it's really cool and it's it's very interesting to see how all of the things that I've learned so far, like through experience, it's being like validated. It's kind of like constant confirmation bias. It's like, yeah, I figured this out on my own in a sense. Like I figured this out by just going through life and making connections. But now like Hermes Trismegistus is validating it. And he was like an ancient Egyptian philosopher or something. And so what I'm learning is that I'm trying to make the connection, the spiritual connection of how everything is a mental game. Like the the world is a mind in a sense and how there is there are no absolutes aside from that there are no absolutes in a sense. So everything is relative and it's really up to how you interpret it and how you experience things in life so it's very interesting it's bad for twitter it's bad for social media because it rewards the absolutes and the polarizing but it just makes me want to come at things from a different angle and like educate people on this stuff because it's it's great man i've been i've been back on the low carb grind as well that we talked about because i since high school, since I started lifting, I've been the biggest like high carb zealot there is. It's like if you don't eat 50 to 60% of your daily calorie intake as carbs, and for me, that's like 400, 450 grams of carbs a day, then oh, you're just not going to make gains, you know, or I thought that my life would go to shit if I lowered them anymore. And through my last cut, I had been. 
trying the low carb thing. Like I went for the all grass fed beef, the sardines, the eggs, the the high fat animal products, and then have like a smoothie pre and post workout with frozen berries that were my main like carb source and the simple carbs before and after a workout, I believe is pretty well accepted advice and it's good to do. And it's so it's crazy. Like maybe it's maybe it's just like a fluctuation, but the days that I eat high carb, I wake up feeling like shit. Like I'm lazy the entire next day. And I'm sure that could come down to carb choices and what I'm actually eating. And there's a lot of moving variables there, but for me, it just makes it so simple. Like I'm, I'm never hungry anymore when I'm on the low carb, high fat, high protein. And that's really it. Like I really like the lifestyle. So I guess a lesson for people is like, if you're super tied to one way of dieting, it may not be best for you. I thought high carb Mm -hmm. was best for me for the longest time. My skin has cleared up. I mean, I think that's due to caloric deficit. Like when I was struggling with acne a lot, it was mostly because I was eating in a huge surplus. And then when I cut back, like my acne started going away, but my skin's better. Like I look tanner because I feel like I I read something where like the high fat, good fats and less like PUFAs and saturated fats, it, it helps with in terms of like how your skin takes the sun. Like if you're drinking and you're inflamed and everything else and you're going to get sunburnt a lot worse, but actually tan, I tan, I never fucking tan. I've never tanned before in my life. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I feel jacked and tan finally just from following the low carb diet and living a good lifestyle. What do you know? It works. So those are my revelations for this week. (laughs) I, I can't explain the mental game one enough. I haven't made the connections. All I know is that, oh, here's one thing that I learned that a lot of people can take as a lesson is you, you know, the whole argument or our process of like you have your vision and then you break it down and reverse engineer it into different goals and tasks. Well, the way they put it and a good heuristic, like something to follow is treating the vision as a North star, right? Keeping your mind on the North star because man, I still can't articulate this, but even from what Joe Dispenza says and like, kind of projecting into the future to make that your present and being able to like tap into those emotions, feelings and everything else, because your thoughts create your reality and constantly thinking about that, but then keeping your eyes on the present and doing like using that energy to fuel your actions that will take you materially to that level, right? You're already there mentally. You're already in the great confident high energy place mentally because you're kind of projecting into there and you're pulling those feelings into your head. And then you focus with your eyes on the the priority things that are going to take you there, right? And you're doing it with that enthusiasm that you would have as if you were already there. So that's really interesting and something I've noticed without intentionally doing and something that comes from when you actually do that process. Like a day after you write out your vision in detail, and then you break it down, then you start working on it. That vision is still fresh in your mind, right? So you're kind of doing that unintentionally. And then your focus in the now on the priorities are very, 
uh, you want to do them. They're very intrinsically driven. So I'm going to be practicing that a good amount and it'll be fun to see how that happens. Like I'm making all these connections. I can't articulate them yet, but if you stick with us on this podcast, I will be able to articulate them very well. Yep. That's the goal with all of this stuff. So I'm, I'm done rambling, but what have you learned, Joey? Where, what are your revelations? Oh, yeah, I know. So... I know one of them. <laughs> Do you? The, the beer. Oh yeah. Uh, so, well, there's a story behind that one, I guess. So one of the things that I started doing in my early twenties when I was working on weight loss the first time was I started drinking a lot of diet soda and I started drinking like two or three liters of diet soda almost every day. I'm lucky I don't Jesus. have kidneys. Well, I actually do have kidney stones, but luckily they're not coming out yet. Um, stay posted on that one. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's something for future Joey to deal with. That'll be a future. What are you struggling with this week? Um, yeah, but yeah. Jesus so Christ. <laughs> a, a side effect of that was I got kind of addicted to carbonated liquid. I mean, if if the the astute viewers on YouTube will notice that I'm drinking uh, San Pellegrino sparkling water. Astute. But another thing that I got really into um, a few years ago was light beer. So like Bud Light, Bush Light, all like all that stuff and i have an extremely high tolerance to drugs in general but especially alcohol because i'm a very well i'm a big dude anyway but um i'm also like very in my head keep control of myself so i had a problem for a while especially when i was in college where i would drink light beer basically like it was soda like diet soda seemed harmless in my head but then after a while i realized that that's that still has some consequences right like obviously if i drink enough then i am going to feel it and that could have some problems could have some physical mental health problems as well um not feel good the next day could be hurting like my liver my heart stuff like that um so one thing that i found recently uh just a few days ago in fact was non-alcoholic beer and i know that that to some people, it's probably going to sound as pointless as decaf coffee. But I experimented with it at the NASCAR race up at Bristol over the weekend. And it it was it was amazing. Like it, it perfectly satisfied like that feeling of having another beer without like the majority of the calories, like a can of uh, non-alcoholic beers, like half the calories um one kind has zero alcohol another one has like two percent so almost nothing and it was great because it was just like you know i was enjoying i unironically enjoy the taste of light beer for some reason i guess because i've drank so much of it but it was good to have it because again like less calories i'm working on losing weight again right now and i don't need to be drinking a shit ton of beer every day um or even mm -hmm. at events like that so it was really nice to find that, to have it for events like that. And when I have people over and stuff like that, just to cut back on the calories and alcohol that I consume. Yeah. I, I noticed the same thing. Like if I ever go to a coffee shop, like in the afternoon to work, I have to get like a decaf Americano 
I don't know why, but just it's like a habit. I'm pretty sure there's some brain association there that you could explain that it's like I get more focused when I'm drinking a hot coffee because my body's used to it. It's like, okay, I'm drinking this. It's time to like, it ties the action with the activity or a tie. Yeah. And yeah, no, I completely understand that. And it's kind of like, uh, like habit swapping or something like when you're at one of the, when you're at a party or when you're out or when you're at a NASCAR race and like you're, the pressure is there to drink it. And it's not, it's really not as simple as just, just be more disciplined, bro. Like you're just not going to have a fucking good time there. Right. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that, that solved some of those problems, but yeah, I mean, obviously one could say like, well, why don't you just drink less? And it's like, yeah, it's an option, but it's good to have, you know, something else there. To yeah. Have that's not as, um, it doesn't have the calories or alcohol as you know, regular stuff. So, uh, I like it. It's, it's nice to have it. Yeah. There's something else to, that goes along with that too, in terms of alcohol, everyone's so torn on this because it's like, Oh, if you drink alcohol, you're just trying to fill a void. No, not really. No. I mean, I've like, seen people say that about tattoos and piercings too, and it's bullshit. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's all a mind game as always. Mm-hmm. But, um, one thing that Jack Bly and Gabe Blue guests said, I forget, I think Jack said it and it resonated with me because it goes against what everyone else is saying is how like drinking alcohol and celebration is different from drinking alcohol to fill the void. Right. So if you're out and you're having a good time and you want to amplify that good time, I don't see a problem with that. And then people can come in and argue is like, okay, well, you should try to attain that state mentally at all times. And I would also agree with that. But I don't think it eliminates the message behind moderation. Yeah. Like, I think moderation is a very good thing and is it, it, it connects with discipline and it creates more like if, if I went to, uh, let's say, a festival without drinking and I hadn't reached enlightenment and wasn't just having like a surreal experience there. Like it would not have been the same without alcohol. It, it would have been a shit time. And I'm not one to say all oh, these substances were put on the earth for us to consume. I'm just saying like, be smart about it and don't let others polarizing opinions let you have a bad time. Like use your brain. And I don't think alcohol is as bad of a thing when used in moderation. Yeah, right? that's, that, that's an excellent point. I mean, there there are some people who probably shouldn't drink um, people who maybe are alcoholics or, you know, can't moderate. Um, so I know that not everybody can moderate, but if you can, then I don't see any wrong with enjoying yourself as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting other people or, like getting drunk and stupid. Like when I go to Atlanta United, I mean the soccer team here, when I go to Atlanta United matches and I go to the tailgate, you know, a lot of the supporter groups, um, supporter groups have tailgate events where you can pay like 10 or 20 bucks and drink all you want. People take advantage of that. 
and they get wild and crazy and quite frankly they embarrass themselves or maybe they'll get in a fight or something stupid like that like you don't want to get to that point but if you're able to hold your alcohol and you have a good time (laughs) nothing to feel bad about in my opinion like i don't that's another one of the many things that our community on twitter is kind of weird about and very opinionated about is beer and this whole thing about phytoestrogens that they keep talking about it's not scientifically substantiated like it the the phytoestrogens and hops and beer and stuff like that like it, it doesn't have that much of an effect there's there's not the research behind it that they claim it is so if anybody's been cutting back on beer for that reason in particular y'all need to worry about that it's nonsense yeah another thing i want to say is that like moderation comes from experience because like how can you moderate if you haven't hit that rock bottom and you're like i don't like this like you wake up and you're like i don't like this and then just ignoring that is where the problem comes it's like i don't like this but i don't like I'm not going to change my ways behind it then whatever. Or it's like, I don't like this because it's impacting my work. And it's the same with me. It's like, if I decide to drink on a Sunday or any day for that matter, now I don't drink too much. And I'm, I'm personally not a fan of beer, not because of like the estrogen shit that people talk about, but more so like it fills me up and it, fills up calories a lot more and I'm big on that. So like my main drink of choice is just fucking vodka soda and I can enjoy those. It's just tastes like a sparkling water to me. And so I'll drink those and I feel like that's a very clean drunk. So if I have like four or five of those, I can ride that out for most of the night and have a great time. And then usually that amount, I don't like, I'm not hung over to an extent, especially if the rest of my day was on point and what that's maybe like, like 70 times five, that's maybe like three, 400 calories. That's not a lot at all mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, especially if you're like at maintenance or you're bulking in a sense. Right. Well, that's another thing I could talk about, man. We could talk for hours of just about <laughs> fucking what we do because I switched. So I went from three days a week training to six days a week training just because I, I wanted to, like I, I felt like it was a good move. And it's the weirdest thing, man. It's the same like when I was younger and first getting into training, it's like, yeah, you have to train five, six days a week or you're fucked. And I really, really, really am enjoying the three days a week, like high intensity reverse pyramid training style, because one, you get to go really hard. You're gaining strength pretty quickly. And then you have four days off so you can structure those however you want. And the recovery is much more. So in my mind, a lot of lifters worry about the whole drinking behind like drinking and lifting and how it impacts their gains. And think about this. I train Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So if I decide to drink on Friday or Saturday, the, the muscle protein synthesis being stunted by the alcohol, I'm assuming isn't going to be that big of a, an impact on whatever gains I'm making, right? I've already recovered by that point and I already feel good. And my CNS isn't taxed to all shit. So it's like, it's a very good balance. It's very, it's very interesting. Maybe there are some problems with that, but at this time, like 
I don't really give a shit. Like I'm not, again, I've changed so much from my younger self. Like I wanted to be like a huge jacked dude and I've built a solid layer of muscle, which is great. So now I'm mainly trying to maintain that and increase it where I can, but my diet training and lifestyle, it all revolves around good experiences and mental clarity. Now, like during the week, I want my mind very, very clear and everything kind of aligns with that. That's like why I don't drink too much beer. Um, why I'm training to a point where my CNS isn't fucked, but I'm still recovering and I'm still training hard and I'm still gaining strength and yeah, everything that's a lesson. Everything just revolves around like good experiences and mental clarity. Yep. Because everything's a mind game. You have to have mental clarity. Yep. Exactly. Let's fucking go. Things are coming together in our yep. own degenerate ways. Degeneracy, but mindful degeneracy. Tactical degeneracy. Yep. But yeah. So we're talking about our main topic for this. Uh, we could, I, I feel like alcohol and like moderation is a good topic. We kind of yeah. touched on that all already, but the <laughs> we're 20 minutes in and the main topic for this podcast, I kind of like this. If you guys like this, tweet us or like DM us. We're open to feedback and we're still going to keep doing our thing. Like I enjoy just coming on here and fucking around with Joey. So <laughs> it really depends what you guys like, like keep the value for like, I mean, this is still valuable, but the the right. Monday, Friday episodes where it's like, oh, we go deep on like super lessons or something. But here, I don't know. This is technically this this segment is called Lifestyle Mastery. And I think like our experiences are the best teachers in that aspect. So literally just talking about what we do and from like a marketer's perspective, I think people like that. I hope you guys like it. Yeah. Just learning what we do and like taking those ideas and implementing them in your own life and seeing some kind of progress. But we're talking about connections and networking or communication and networking. So I'll let Joey start it off and then I'll give my humble advice. And I believe we're touching on life and business and they, they're yeah. both the same, same shit. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, this is about both life and business. Perhaps the best example I can think of is when I was in engineering school at Georgia Tech, I was around a lot of very smart students who were going to go on to do great things. They were very intelligent. They had good skills, obviously. I mean, that's what they're at Georgia Tech to learn. Had bright futures. But a lot of them, frankly, weren't great at communication. And they were socially awkward. Not that that's... I mean, that's not that poor communication or social skills make you a poor person. It's just something that you want to work on. Because, ultimately... It doesn't really matter how good your skills are or how much you know if mm -hmm. you're not able to communicate them well. If you're selling something on Twitter or you're selling yourself in an interview, a job interview, or a date, which is a job interview, really. <laughs> if you're not able to communicate 
you know, your product or yourself or your skills or your strengths or whatever very well, then people aren't going to understand those factors. And therefore, you're going to have a harder time in those situations. So it's so incredibly important all throughout life and like basically any aspect of life to be able to communicate on a basic level, at least be to be able to, you know, go into a social situation, whether it's online or offline and be able to strike up a conversation with somebody and, you know, communicate with them, which also brings in concepts like emotional intelligence, empathy, um, awareness of, you know, picking up on somebody's body language and stuff like that. But that's complicated. That could be a good training for MMHQ one day. But it's so important to try to work on your communication skills so that you're able to present yourself and what you have to offer in at least a decent way so that people understand your value and the value of what you have. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's like the, it's the whole thing where it's like, Oh, you can, I, I tie it to this because this resonates with me the most, but if you're a creative, which are usually very introverted and kind of artistic, they lean more towards like just hiding in their rooms and like drawing or creating stuff in Photoshop or even coding. I don't know if that'd be, that's not creative, but you know what I mean? And then it's like learning the technical, I mean, learning the marketing and sales skills behind that to actually turn it into an income source for yourself is where the problem happens. So being able to communicate in, it's all the same. It's persuasion. It's learning how to get your ideas, products, services, and intentions out into the world and have them be received positively so you can get something in return because we're all inherently selfish and we want something in return. That's the entire reason behind communication is to get what we want and communicate our value and provide that value. Right? Yeah. Um, you can think of communication in that way. Another perspective, uh, a different purpose of communication, another purpose of communication is it's an exchange of ideas as well. So say, you know, us on this podcast or um, me doing one of my daily walk videos, me writing an email to my newsletter, me talking to a client of mine. In all those situations, I'm working on communicating an idea to my audience. And the better that I'm able to communicate which I'm not doing a great job of at this very second, but the better job that I'm able to do of articulating things and, you know, maybe answering questions or presenting, presenting something, then the better that the recipient, the audience is going to get the idea that I'm trying to communicate. If mm -hmm. I'm stumbling over my words and pausing and just making a bunch of mistakes, then they're not going to have as good of an understanding as they could have, which could be bad. Yeah. I think I'm like unconsciously competent at communication because I've, I've like naturally been good at like someone sent me a DM the other day and was like, Hey, 
your writing is like fucking amazing. Like you're very concise and clear with what you say. I'm like, thanks, man. I just write. <laughs> like, I think that's especially true with the business stuff is because like with with self-development stuff, I'm trying to make it sound insightful and impactful and like throw different perspectives in there to make people understand it, which is good communication, I would say. But in terms of like business articles that I post in MMHQ, it's very just fucking straightforward. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, like here's, here's a little caveat, but still do this, do this, do this. And I don't know. I'm, I'm unconsciously competent because I'm also very harsh with people. Like when I think of communication and networking, first thing that comes to mind is when someone DMs me, hi, how are you? And it's like, what are you, what do you want me to say to that? Like, no, yeah. no offense, but like, what, what the fuck do you want me to respond to that? Like, oh, I'm doing great. Okay. Yeah, me too. Cool. Like, Good talk. yeah, in, in a certain situation that might be represented, but it's like, man, like, I don't even, I have a trouble responding to my like real DMS as it already is. Like, what are you, what are you trying to sell me on? Just tell me and yeah, I'll tell it, you whether it's, it's a like... yes or no. It's kind of like matching with a girl on Tinder and just sending her a message. just like, hey, like, yeah, what what is she supposed to do with that, man? Where's the hook? Yeah. Where's the attention? Where's the interest? Where's the desire? Where's the action? Hit me with it. Coffee is for closers. Yes, I still don't understand that phrase. It's a what reference it to a movie that I don't remember the name of. I'll send it to you later. I don't get it, though. Uh, so I get coffee if I close. It's from a scene in a movie uh, with Alec Baldwin, I think. And this dude's going off on this rant about uh, selling and closing. And he goes over like Ada and some dude like gets up to pour himself some coffee. And the guy's like, coffee is for closers. Basically meaning Mm -hmm. like sit back down. You don't deserve coffee because you haven't closed anything. Yeah. Movie is Glen Gary Glenn Ross, I think. I'll have to watch that one. Been That's watching like a lot of anime recently. It's like the only good scene in the movie. It's not worth watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the the rest of the movie is really boring. Unfortunately. Damn. Yep. So let's discuss like where people can use this. Because I would assume that most people listening to this podcast are on the self-improvement route. They're either trying to grow their business or they're trying to become more confident in making friends or talking to a person of the opposite sex. Or I think that's the main two, honestly, you're, you're the, the main two conversions, like they're both the same. They're both the same, like closing sales, closing deals is the same as like closing a male or female, probably mostly female in our case, because we're like 98% male listeners Mm -hmm. so and there's there's nuances here right like when you and and we're talking about like cold approaching either in dms like cold outreach or uh yeah cold approaching and like talking to someone whether it's for the sake of like friendship or just talking and being social or to secure the conversion of your next job of having, as Joey said, having your next job or interviewing for the job. I thought that was funny, but I mean, it's true. 
it is everything's a job but i mean perspective perspective you know everything almost any <laughs> conversation you have is selling more so i i like that metaphor a lot better like you're selling your ideas you're selling whether you're, whether money is being exchanged or not like you're it really comes down to selling mm-hmm. basically all the time right so I would say first step is actually have something to sell, whether it's product, service, or just yourself, right? You have to be at a point where someone's like, how do I explain this? Like if you're going after a 10 out of 10 girl that looks like a 10 out of 10 and has the mind of a 10 out of 10, however you want to put it, you're just interested in them. Do you expect them to respond well to you if you have nothing in return to offer to the place that they're currently at in life. Right. And it's the same with the DMS. It's like, if you're, if you're reaching out to a 100 K follower account, Oh, they have a lot of followers. Then like, what do you have that they want? What do you have that can actually provide them value and help them improve their lives or their business in those aspects? Right. Because as I said earlier, like most people are selfish. If you don't have anything that's going to improve them, then they're not going to listen to you for very long. And if they do, in that case, then they may not have anything to give to you in return. So first step is just one, having something to sell. So improving yourself or improving your skills to a point that you can sell them. And second is the initial, it's the whole... Could ADA be used in real life? I'm wondering if that can be used. Like if you're if you're approaching someone, what's the attention grabber? I for for me, and I know for you too, it's like you're just you're you're like you have the value, but you're not expecting anything in return from the start. You're kind of mm-hmm. just like, hey, how's it going? Like in real life, like hey, how's it going is a great opener. It's like, I don't know, the perfect one that I've experienced. But then in someone else's DMs, hey, how's it going? Isn't going to cut it unless you have leverage already and they know you have something of value. Like if I hop into someone's like a 20K follower accounts DMs, I'm like, hey, how's it going? They're going to probably be like, oh shit, <laughs> I need to respond to this immediately. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's a lesson in itself. Like once you have enough leverage, you can approach anyone and just be like, hey, how's it going? And they're going to be ultra receptive. But I'm assuming most people aren't at that stage. So you have to use the right tactics. Oh man, it's almost like we're leading up to the ultimate message of becoming a high value person. What do you fucking know? Both online and offline. So I was just thinking, what do you know? Yeah. I was just thinking like if you're a guy or a girl who's like a nine or a 10 out of 10, and you're going up to somebody, they're probably going to be pretty damn interested. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just looking um, mm. about Ada. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that that flow. Um, so the the attention, definitely. the attention is determined by how much experience you already have or like how much value, perceived value ha- you have to offer from the start. And if you don't have that, then you have to play some games to get their attention, right? Or you have to be very tactical about how you get their attention. Caveat, there is such a thing as negative attention, so. 
Oh. Yeah. So like you have not, to have not all attention is good attention. Damn. Like if you go up to a girl in the club and you're just like rude as fuck to her, you're gonna mm. have her attention, but it's not she's probably not uh, gonna be very interested in you. Yeah. But then you have Knowledge. to go to the interest step. This is yep. yeah, this is where the pickup artist guys go. They're like, Oh yeah, negative attention's good, but then you have to spark that interest, that desire, and then the action. But we don't I don't recommend negative attention. Yep. It's just not a good thing. So where would we go from there? I don't know where to take this because we're kind of split between life and business. So let's go business. So when you're hopping into someone's DMs, a personalized compliment is the greatest. Oh, yep. that works for life too. Shit. Uh, a personalized compliment is the greatest way of getting their attention, right? Uh, like the the hook. When if you've studied how to do cold emails or cold DMs, it's always a personalized comment. It's always you need to under you need to research them to a point where you're saying something unique and you're touching on something that a lot of people don't touch on. Right. So in this case, if you wanted to reach out to me and almost guarantee a response, you're going to talk about the, the a part of this podcast that probably went underappreciated right? That I thought was good. Like me trying to articulate myself and talking about everything being a mind game, but not really being able to do it. And you saying like, I, I really enjoyed that. Like I'm on the same path. I, I am trying to figure this out for myself. That would probably get a good response. And then in terms of life, I, I feel like this is common advice. I think, Hey, how's it going? Is just a good one to start the conversation. But if you want to throw in the personalized compliment, that's what a lot of people recommend. It's like, if I, if I, if I was a girl, imagine this, if I was a girl and I, uh, walked by Joey and I was just like, Hey, I love that purple hat. Joey would, <laughs> Joey would come in his pants right there. No, I'm kidding. But Joey would be very receptive. He, he just be is like, that clip going to be the highlight that you post on Twitter from this episode <laughs> that Joey's going to come in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> from the purple what do you mean this 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 escalated it did yep but what part this part i don't i don't think we'll clip this part yeah that was a joke <laughs> sorry joey i know you love purple <laughs> yeah maybe not that much but maybe one day uh, yeah uh, no i think that's inferred i hope it's inferred yeah. but okay back back on topic but that that's just that just shows like you should be looking for something that possibly went underappreciated in their work on themselves or their business and you need to give them a compliment on that and then you what what's the next step interest so yep. you've got their attention where does it go from there and in life I don't really know. In business, it can be sparked in a multitude of ways. It's like, I have this value to offer, or you build that interest um, by just talking to them, going back and forth. What would you add to this part? Because I think we're confining ourselves to the, the framework of ADA. What happens after well, you get their attention? I mean, the framework is worth, following because it's kind of proven right i mean this is a pretty old battle-tested thing 
but mm-hmm. it still keeps to a pretty good parallel to real life because you know you need to grab the person's interest and it's much easier to grab somebody's interest when you know a little bit about them right so ooh and the thing is is that what you have to offer in life and and business is not interesting to everyone there are some people who are not going to give a single fuck about what you have to offer. They may even hate what you have to offer. And that's fine. That's just the way it is in life and business. So what helps is if you approach someone either on Tinder or in the club or in the DMs or via email, cold email is a perfect example of this, like approach someone that you've feel pretty confident that they would be interested in what you have. Because if you go up to somebody that you're not sure if they're going to be interested or you're just shotgun approach and going up to every single person or DMing every single Twitter guru, you're not going to have a good time because a lot of them aren't going to care about what you have to offer. And then it's also, It also gets into the discussion that we've had before about some things being a bit too general because when you're trying to appeal to everyone, you're typically not going to appeal to anyone. And that's another thing that's true in both life and business. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, you you talked about for attention in the DMs, if you give somebody a personalized first line that shows that you know a little bit about them like hey i really like what you said on this podcast the other day or i like this tweet from last week or you know this thing about modern mastery then that shows that you've done a little bit of research on the person so that gets a bit more of their attention but it also makes you a bit more confident because you know that that increases the likelihood that this person will be interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. That answers it. So for desire, <laughs> desire in business, I'm, I'm honestly drawing a blank on how this comes up in life, but in business, it's really around like the value you have to offer and the results you've gotten from that. And if you don't have results, then you kind of have to prove your authority and make them want that thing. So in marketing, you can think of it as like the quantifiable end result or the end point of their transformation. And a very good way to communicate this is by having people that you have already worked with. And there's different tactics behind this overall strategy. But one of the tactics that just like always fucking works is to name drop people, name drop people and uh, tell them the results that you've gotten. So for example, if I went into a big Twitter gurus DMS and I'm like, Hey, I like, I really like whatever personalized compliment I do X, Y, Z build like the interest is kind of already built, but I do X, Y, Z and I got Joey Cypreneur. I helped him get his coaching business to X amount of dollars per month. And let's say they have a coaching business. Of course, they're going to be interested in that. And they're going to have that. If they're under where Joey's at, then they're going to have that desire built to want those results. Yep. Right. So how would you tie that to 
life. This is very interesting to me, by the way. I like making these connections and having like a framework to go about. Yeah, so with life, I mean, I, a sad, if I guess a sad, I don't know if it's really sad or not, but a fact of life is <laughs> most people are consciously or at least unconsciously out for themselves. They care about what you can do for them and how that how you can help them. All right. That sounds really bad, but it's just the way that humans and animals work. So if you're able to tactfully show things that you can do for that person, then that's going to help them desire you. Like show them what's in it for them. So say you're on a date. Like I saw a TikTok. I don't have TikTok on my phone, so don't take that that way. I, I don't want that app on my phone. But it was on Reddit or something. I think it made its way to Twitter too. Where this dude was at the bar and he had his Wells Fargo bank account, like was logged into that and he was like showing it to girls. And he had like, I think like five digits in his bank account, right? And he was like showing it off to girls thinking that that was going to get them to go home with them. That's the wrong way to try to get somebody's desire. That's not going to work. And the type of people that that does work on, you probably don't want to be around for a long period of time. So the approach that you want to take is more so like subtly, I guess, you know, showing the benefits that somebody would have uh, from working with you or being with you, being friends with you or dating you or whatever. Like, what do you have to offer? What have you done? What's your experience? What are you doing? Those kinds of things. And then if that aligns with what the other person wants, aka desires, then they're going to be more desiring of you and what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think a great way of doing this, especially like in, in maybe not in the DMS, like a very, a very short story in the DMS work, like, Hey, uh, Joey was here. Now he's here. But in like long form copy, you're kind of relating to them. You're relating to them by telling them the lower points of your story and then how you got to where you are now and how your lifestyle looks in a sense. So in terms of real life, when you're talking to each other and that conversation is going back and forth, it's like, I, I would talk to a girl and I wouldn't just automatically say like, Oh yeah, I'm this, uh, big Twitter guy. I've grown on Instagram. I own a brand, Modern Mastery, and it lets me do what I want. And like, oh, I've traveled here. I've traveled here. But those come out with stories, right? Something comes to mind based off of something they said. And then you tell a personal story. And it's like, oh, yeah, one time I was in <laughs> Costa Rica and this, this, and this happened. And I saw, like, I went and did all this cool shit in like a non-bragging way, it just flows with the conversation, then that desire is going to build and they're going to want to either get to know you more or they're going to want to, like they're they're just going to want that same outcome for their life if it aligns with them. Yep. Right? So it's, it's, I guess it's results again. It's like what results have you gotten from the things you've done in your life and then how are you going to communicate those things via a story in real life or just like 
display the experience that you have in a way that kind of comes naturally and yeah. genuinely. And I think that's the main thing that matters. Like people can smell that shit, especially yeah. in DMs and especially in real life. It's like if I was telling a story and it's like, well, not even a story and just trying to force like, hey, I have a nice car. Want to go on a ride? Yeah. <laughs> Some stupid shit like that. Like it just, it's hard to say because like it's hard to be inauthentic. It just shows that you thought about it too much and are trying to get them to desire you. Man, there, there's three things that I want to touch on here that you, that are related to what you just said. So let's see if I can remember them. One is, yes, it's important to showcase those things in, in, in an authentic way that isn't just look at all this stuff that I've done, how great I am, all that stuff. Like if somebody DM'd you and they're like, I'm amazing, pay me money, you're <laughs> going to be like, no. So like no. telling stories or telling like, you know, how you got to where you are or the experiences that you went through, including the low points, that's very helpful. Two, humans are extremely good at unconsciously detecting when somebody's being inauthentic when they're lying, when they're being shifty, when they're like building themselves up too much. So, and that even in text, like nonverbal communication is very important. Um, so it, it's kind of a weird way, weird thing to say, but just be aware of that and just try to be, well, don't don't try so hard to be anything really that that in itself is a lot of the problem is trying to be x like just stop thinking about it so much just present yourself and your skills or whatever without thinking about it so much because if you over engineer it and i'm speaking from experience here then you're going to come across weird like it's going to be more robotic it's going to be less spontaneous it's going to be less authentic because you overprepared, basically, and yeah. I just blended the last, uh, the last two things. Because uh, I was going to say, if you put too much effort into your approach into a DM or you know up going up to a girl, then it's going to come across really weird. It's not going to be as natural anymore. And we humans are kind of turned off by things that don't feel right like things that feel like they've been overly prepared yeah and the the main advice that i have behind that is to also not overthink this right like we can tell you oh don't overthink it don't overthink it you're gonna fucking overthink it so here's mm -hmm. the thing pull the trigger pull the trigger with whatever message you were gonna send in real life or not and learn from that experience Right. You can listen to us all day long and you're still going to overthink it. You're still going to try and like posture and put way too much effort into it. That's fine. Just the, just shoot the shot and you will learn. Right. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I've sent a bunch of cringy DMs, a bunch of cringy cold emails. I've probably approached a few women and it was just cringe as fuck because I was overthinking it too much. But then you get to the point like that sparks a lot of other actions in you, right? If you, if I approach a girl and 
I fuck it up and I go home and I'm upset about it. Me being upset about it is going to make me want to change that. Therefore, I'm either going to do some research or do something that gets me to the point, And this is like repetitive. This is a few times before you actually get it right. But eventually you just kind of stop caring because you either realize that other people are human. They're human as well. That's like the backbone of confidence is just understanding that people have the same issues as you and they shouldn't be pedestalized. And then you begin to approach them like a human from a place of not really caring whether the the conversation goes any further. And then that's really where the magic happens. But that only comes from that only comes from the trial and error and correcting your error. Yep. Right. Big cliche, big lesson of life is put in the reps, like try and fail. And it's no different from this, but like we can give you the guidelines, the whole ADA framework and our <laughs> uh, unstructured breakdown of it. But still, it, it's really up to you. Like hopefully this just inspires you to go out and actually fail a few times and then yeah. you learn this framework on your own. And one thing I want to say before we move on from that is these frameworks are just kind of guidelines, but it's not something that should be in your head the entire time when you're taking action, right? Like when you go to DM somebody or when you go to talk to a girl or whatever, this isn't something that you need to be following like step A, step B, step C, step D, right? Like probably not going to get to step D if you follow this too closely, if you know what I mean. But <laughs> coming from an engineering background, I've historically had a problem where I would need that kind of structure and I would try to follow along with that kind of structure. And if I didn't have it, then I would just kind of fall apart and not take action. But it, then if I did have it and I followed it too closely, then like I said, it comes out too fake and inauthentic. So it's important to get to a place where you have this kind of thing in mind and you're aware of it and you can hear this kind of a breakdown of the framework and be like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. And let it maybe modify your approach a little bit, but not be religiously following it step by step every single time because that becomes robotic and unnatural. Yep. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about communication now like i think we've gotten to the point where it's like yes there are frameworks for many things in life but you're gonna fail either fucking way like if you haven't made the connections like me us talking about this it may make some connections in your mind but if you haven't experienced it then sorry to say you have to go out and experience it yep. and there's tactics and strategies for that too so I don't know. A good a good thing to do, like follow the personalized compliment thing and, and follow like the hey, how's it going thing. Just like put in the reps. In real life, just be like, Hey, how's it going? Or yep. hey, what's up, man? Or hey, what's your name? Like just start with that. <laughs> it's that simple. And then yeah. and and one thing that I think you've mentioned before and also works for me is like the mindset shift behind like in life, it's like, I, I am interested in this person. I'm interested in learning more about this person. So I'm going to start with that. I'll be like, Hey, how's it going? They're going to be like, Oh, Hey, I'm like, what's your name? Uh, Denise. Oh, 
nice to meet you, Denise. Like, what do you do? And, oh, I work for XYZ company. Oh, that's so cool. My uncle works for XYZ company. Do you also do ABC? Yeah, I do ABC. How'd you like, that's so cool. You know about that, whatever I'm rambling. But then in terms of the DMS, it's your, you're trying to see if you can, if you're a fit for them. Right. So it's kind of the same thing, just a different mindset there. And you're genuinely wanting to help them. You're, you're seeing if you are able to help them through a personalized compliment and just having some form of conversation and asking them what they do. And then you can position yourself in a place to help. And yet another parallel of life and business is if you're coming from a place of legitimately being interested in someone and wanting to help them and build a relationship, you're going to be vastly better off than if you're coming from a place of wanting to take advantage of somebody. Because again, us humans are really good at picking up at that kind of thing, whether it's the creepy sleazy dude in the club or the used car salesman we're really good at picking up on that kind of thing. And that is why I utterly despise how to win friends and influence people. I haven't because even read that book. It don't. <laughs> it's garbage. It may it it may have been good for its time, but it is not something that anybody should read in this day and age. Damn. That's a polarizing statement. Yep. I expect some hate tweets from that one at some point. Shit. All right. Don't read that book. Read yep. the Kabbalion instead and learn the seven hermetic principles of the world. That's what I'm all about right now. It's cool. It helps you understand things on like a deep, like mystical level. It's kind of yeah. weird, but I like that shit. I love reading that. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. I appreciate you all listening. If you haven't already... Uh, apply for the mastery program join mmhq lots of good shit in there and yeah any last words joey no that's all i got uh if you have any further questions about what we talked about today hit either one of us up and you could even practice what we talked about on us yeah try to try to get us to respond (laughs) yeah (laughs) no hard feelings if we don't (laughs) all right we're just not going to respond to anyone no kidding (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll see you guys in the next one. Later, y'all. My friends, thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. I have a few favors to ask you. For a whopping $0, you can support this podcast by following, rating, and subscribing on whatever platform you are listening on. And for an additional (laughs) $0... You can share this podcast on your social media accounts, tag me in it at the Dan Co, and I will share you on the community page. This truly helps the Modern Mastery community and podcast grow and allows me to bring you top tier guests to fuel your hunger for wisdom. It costs zero dollars, but it does cost you your time, and we understand how valuable that can be. But considering you spent an hour or so listening to this podcast, a one-minute subscribe or follow button click and social media share isn't too much to ask. And if you truly enjoyed it, 
um, we would hope that you do this out of the kindness of your heart. And we truly, we truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And the second favor, which costs money, is joining Modern Mastery HQ, the only platform you need to master your mind, body, and spirit while building a 5 to 10K a month online business as a creator, coach, freelancer, or entrepreneur. You can go to join.modernmastery.co to join 350 plus members and gain instant access to information that has the potential of making you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime as a business owner. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, and I hope to see you in the next one. Peace.